so now it's a matter of us pulling it all together to light the whole joint and, and putting on what I think will be a brilliant showcase for the sport. Yeah, we'll be honest with ourselves next week as usual and say, okay, it's a stonking result, but what could we have done better? Finding that passion for racing again. You know, stop looking at it like my job and, and go back to just doing it because I love racing cars and I love competing and that's really what's changed this year. Hi everyone, welcome to Inside Supercars. Shane Van Gisbergen from the Red Bull Holden Racing Team here. Welcome to Inside Supercars, our final event of 2019. That's our post-event edition. Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. And Craig, from television point of view, it looked pretty good. But trackside, what about you? It was very dark overhead. Well, it, this this uh, fire haze that was over the Newcastle city the entire time was right there and it probably suited the mood to a greater extent there was some rubbish which i really don't want to go into on the show uh because it is a waste of air um but there was a lot of rubbish going on peter norton now our good friend from inside motorsport suggested to me tony that it was not the fire smoke it was the toxicity level of pit lane that was blocking out the sun well certainly you'd say that uh, this year has had far more controversies than anyone wanted or needed and some right nasty stuff going on and uh, I think it's, it's all pretty despicable. People throwing mud about Scotty McLaughlin who is, as uh, we both know, one of the straightest and nicest kids out there. Yes, Tony, what was interesting was this comment by Scotty McLaughlin on Sunday night. Sometimes you can't win with some people and you've just got to accept that. Unfortunately, that's how it is in this sport and you just get used to it. But um I just hope next year, you know, all of us can come into the sport with better perspective. You know, I feel like we can be better role models for not only, you know, banter's great, I, we all do it. I just hope we can come in with better perspective and better, um, you know, and be a bit more, have an idea of just being a professional for, for not only our sport and the younger drivers coming through, but also for drivers, uh, for other sports and athletes around the world. And I think we can really lead, for example. Cam Waters uh, showed a great deal of style and class. For everything that's happened, it's not Scotty's fault. He has had nothing to do with any of that. So, um, yeah, it kind of is what it is, what's happened. The the things that have um, happened at, uh, with the engine and stuff, it's, it's pretty minute. And I think it should have, it's happened, move on. Um, yeah, so it's a bit poor, I guess, from those guys to be saying that kind of shit. So uh, good luck to... Uh, Cam Waters, and if he's the future of our sport, boy, we're in pretty good shape, aren't we? Yes, I would have to agree with that. And uh, I know a lot of people did share that sentiment over the course of the weekend. Tony, uh, the races. Well, Newcastle track has deteriorated quite a bit since that first year we were all there. And uh, unfortunately, the changes that were made in and around the, I'll call it the hairpin, uh, promoted a little bit more passing, but didn't really fix all the problems. And Shane Van Gisbergen during the uh, Saturday press conference was quite outspoken. What they've done to the track's good. They need to do it at turn one as well, straighten that up so we're breaking on the right-hand side for a left-hander and open that up. And yeah, that will just make the track better. But been saying it for a while. Hopefully, one step at a time, that keeps coming. Problem is now you, you, you can break so deep in front of someone and they can't, like I did it to Shane a couple of times, like you, you, you're struggling to pull it up as it is if you break where the bike in front of you does. So if you're, you're trying to do more, you're just gonna lock up. So we're, before I guess it might've been actually better in these cars that we've got now, 
But I think, like Shane said, I think once it changes, it'll be right. While that might be the case for the drivers and the spectators at the track, one thing I will say is that uh, V8 Supercars Television has yet again taken uh, another leap forward because I thought their coverage uh, was truly excellent. TV positions were improved and they showed the track in far better light possibly than it deserves. But uh, the one thing was that showing the way uh, the staircase runs and a number of ways in which they covered certain aspects of it, it really was very well done. And particularly in some of the passing moves when they were showing the alternate views from the car being passed to the car passing. I thought it was terrific. Really well done. Congratulations to uh, uh, Nathan Prendergrass and all those involved at uh, Supercars, V8 uh, Supercars TV. You had a few uh, good conversations over the weekend, Craig, uh, starting off with our first couple of uh, people you describe as the winners. Yes, Scott McLaughlin spoke to him on the way back from the press conference to seeing the boys for the first time. And it was a great chat, interrupted, too, by his hero, Greg Murphy, as we went uh, back to the garage. Then I got an opportunity to speak with Ryan Storey, the managing director of DJR Team Penske. So we'll hear both of them in the uh, after the first break. We also spoke to who were the man who was eventually crowned the Mike Cable young gun of the year, or the Mike Cable young gun and that is Tyler Everingham and he'll be coming up a bit later in the show and congratulations to Tyler based out of Dubbo I saw him racing carts as a youngster for a number of years and he has quickly come to grips with supercars moving through the ranks in very short succession so that's great to see him having his opportunity now and taking it with both hands Super 2 we spoke to Brock Feeney and I uh, I know, sorry, not Brock Feeney. Super 2, we spoke to Bryce Fullwood. And, of course, Bryce is going to be making the main game next year, Tony. They're uh, still all the Ducks and Drakes on the movements in season 2020. Haven't played out here in 2019 yet. But uh, we'll also hear from Bryce Fullwood in that uh, final section before our... Um, uh, before our final thought. Interesting that Chas Mostert, Tony, has uh, been announced over at Walkinshaw Andretti United. That was no surprise to just about anyone by the end of the weekend. Yes, and it was rather interesting the way in which uh, maybe Tickford were pushing the pace on it, but uh, they uh, came out and uh, wheeled their ex-driver down the lane on a, a tyre trolley or pit trolley, and uh, delivered him to Walkinshaw. And Ryan Walkinshaw was playing Ducks and Drakes a bit in... Uh, he was sort of saying, oh, why have you brought him here? Gee, I don't know why that is. Well, you know, uh, Ryan might have wanted to uh, initially disavow any knowledge, but uh, we're all fairly certain that uh, Chas is going there. And look, it's terrific for the team. I mean, Walkinshaw, is, uh, as we know, have a, uh, a great history in the sport. Many championships, many Bathurst wins, and certainly uh, it'll be great to see them back up there on a regular basis. Um, uh, James Courtney, of course, hasn't yet been confirmed in the techno car. Um, the whole techno thing is still uh, got a cloud of uh, question marks hanging over it, and we'll wait and see how that all falls out. Um, uh, and similarly, it hasn't come out yet that uh, Jack LeBrock confirmed going to Tickford. 
but he's the likely replacement there. The interesting thing is it already seems that there's some uh, moves and counter moves around uh, sponsorship with Tickford picking up the uh, truck assist to be the sponsor of what was the Bottolo Mustang for Lee Holdsworth will now become the truck assist one. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Jack LeBrock remains or comes in as the super cheap driver or does uh, Bottolo move back to be a secondary sponsor maybe. Anyway, that will all come out in the fullness of time. But Lee Holdsworth, who we spoke to over the course of the weekend, and here's how, what he had to say about getting a two-year extension on his contract. It is great news, uh, yeah, to have that continuity with the team, and especially a team like Tickford is, uh, is fantastic for me and my career, and I can build on that and, and hopefully continue to get results and, and get better results each um, each round. And, you know, I, th I think the, the podium hasn't been far away for the last six months, and we finally got it at Sandown, but now I feel like it's, um, you know, it'll be a more regular thing. It's uh, terrific to see Lee getting some good results and uh, a podium at Sandown was always going to be a great reward for uh, his efforts. They've certainly come on leaps and bounds as he came to grips with Tickford cars and also with the Mustang. And Tony, we should also congratulate out of the weekend Shane Van Gisbergen taking out the Barry Sheen medal, his first time receiving that award. And also to Tom Howard, a regular on Inside Supercars who is finishing up at Speed Cafe at the end of the year, but not before he won the Supercar Media Awards um, Journalist of the Year and then backed it up with the Supercar Media Award at the presentation night on Monday. So congratulations to both Shane and Tom. Just before we uh, press on with uh, Scotty and uh, Ryan, it's certainly interesting to think back on the way in which uh, certain elements have happened about like the Super 2, Super 3 thing. That's uh, an interesting development. Did you get any news on that over the weekend at all, Craig? Only that a number of teams are very happy with the move of Super 3 and Super 2 away from each other. They were thinking it was going to be counterproductive. I caught up with Brad Jones. He said he's going to have definitely one car in each of those series next year, Super 2 and V8 Touring Cars, as it should be called. He's confirmed that he's got his program sorted for those two with the potential that he could expand one or the other uh, depending if anyone else needs a ride. Now, remembering that Jack Smith's coming into the team, we'll hear from Jack Smith in uh, the next week or so about his step up to the main game, part of all the moving around. And we should also uh, mention that we've got a special next week with a number of team owners who have given us our thought on the state of the supercar nation. Indeed, and certainly is interesting to hear them uh, speaking about the way in which uh, they're hoping the series will run out in 2020. Interestingly, because both the main series and Super 2 have both dropped around. Super 2 going to six rounds, and of course next year's the main game uh, is uh, just the 14, including the Grand Prix. After the break, we'll be hearing from Scott McLaughlin and Ryan Story on DJR Team Penske's success in 2019. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Still a bit in shock. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks, everyone. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Got to put money back into the sport at the lower levels to develop the kids and bring them up. You can't rely upon good luck. 
for Daniel Ricardo's old man to have found a few mates that tip some money in and send him overseas. There actually needs to be a structure. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Dick Johnson from DJR Team Penske, and you're on Inside Supercar. Scott McLaughlin, congratulations. Uh, it's a long year, isn't it? Oh, it's a um, long year, especially this one. So um, uh, it's uh, unbelievable um, to, to do what we have, and basically the triple you know, is um, unbelievable as a team. So, um, yeah, really proud. What, without getting uh, without getting into all the crap that's gone on in the last month, yeah. what has been the highlight for you? Is there one moment that you're going to cherish? Um, I think the 18 wins. The 18, you know, that's a serious fat, um, feat um, to do that as a squad. Um, you know, in a, in a year that. Yeah, years that are the 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 category so close, cars don't break down, people are out the front more often than not, and the, and the, and um, you know the, the gaps, like I said, are close. Yeah, it's um, that that's what I'm really proud of. To jump into a Mustang yep. and drive a Mustang and understanding what that heritage is, yep. what has that been like? Because uh, I imagine you've you've helped revolutionise the fan base. Yeah, it's and I think the rivalry for holding Ford's back. You know, it's um, it's really like I guess I'm proud to fly the Ford flag, and I guess in some ways be the Ford leader, and um, that's what I'm really excited about. And I think for the future, um, for Ford and and um, yeah, and for supercars as well. It's um, you know, it, it's really it looks good. It bodes well if we can make the the racing closer, and in regards to like the aero and be able to make some passes and stuff, um, we'll be good. What's going to be bigger? Standing up on the podium with the Bathurst Trophy or standing at the altar in a week's or so time? <laughs> I think my nerves will be uh, not as pumped up. I'll be a bit more nervous. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to just marry the girl of my dreams. She's, uh, she's an amazing young lady and uh, yeah, she's a great girl for me. Where's the honeymoon? You spending a bit of time in the States? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no, 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 I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not um, no, 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 no. A bit of time in the States, yeah, but uh, no, no honeymoon straight away. I'll probably lose it like a mini moon, I guess you'd call it. Um, but for me, um, yeah, I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for it all. Well, one of your biggest fans yeah, is walking up, Greg my hero, Murphy. My hero. <laughs> Winning a championship. We've just left your hero, Greg Murphy. Yeah. Didn't get a championship. Yeah. Got a bloody lot of Bathurst, though. Yeah. I've got three more to get, Bathurst-wise, <laughs> but... Um, yeah, he's the guy that got me into the sport. You know, I fell in love with him and, and the way he was with my with fans and um, yeah, his his, his mongrelness, right? You know, and uh, you know, he's a great guy. And, and um, to have him interview me after me for some of my biggest moments in my career is um, really cool. And as we talk, walking back to the garage to see the boys, this is going to be the first chance, isn't it, when you yeah, turn yeah. this corner yeah. to really have them celebrate with you and probably the first time you get to see Carly and, and family. Yeah, I'm really excited to see everyone. I think they're all out the back here, so we'll just go and hang out and see everyone. But um, there's going to be a few beers tonight and we'll really enjoy this one because uh, we worked hard for it. Congratulations once Craig. again. Thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Brian, sorry, congratulations the team with now two Drivers' Championships and two Teams' Championships. Uh, just uh, 
delighted and extremely grateful to every member of our team and all of our partners and all of our supporters who have stood by us through thick and thin. You know, we talk a lot about people capital in this business and you're really nothing without, without your people. And we do the best we can we look to look after them and we have great longevity with our staff particularly since, since stepping back up as a two-car team in 2016 and, 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 and investing in the infrastructure to ensure that we can uh, do all of our own in-house development and engineering and manufacturing. It's, we've had tremendous longevity and tenure since that point in time and the same people who were there then are, are still with us today and, uh, and, and, and the fruits of their labours are the rewards that we see on the racetrack and in some of the trophies that you see in our garage right now. Remarkable year, was it the team's 21 wins I think, or 20 wins for the year? You would know better than I, than no, no, I at the moment. Okay. But been, a remarkable a year day. with a lot, of, a lot of wins this year, how do, you, how do you even hope to replicate that again? Oh look, I think this is, this is a stellar season. Um, again, it's been years in the making, I mean, the, the, the Mustang project I think turns two uh, in the, turn, turn two only a few weeks ago, so uh, it's 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 all very fresh, but uh, an enormous amount of work went into it. Success isn't an overnight uh, creature, as you well know. Uh, it takes tremendous effort from a lot of different people, and uh, couldn't be more grateful for all of the support that we have out there from 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 fans and supporters through to our tremendous partners, Shell V Power, and of course all of the people who work for us who who. You know, motor racing is all about passion. It's, it's, it's entertainment at the end of the day, but to go racing, to go racing 15 weekends a year, you have to love it. And uh, all of our staff love it. And they, love the, they love the competition, they thrive off it. And, uh, and we're, all, we're, all, we're all pointing and marching in the same direction, which is, which is critically important. And one thing, which is great as you go into 2020, which is a TV rights negotiation deal, is the back end of this season, television ratings have been going through the roof. If you look at AFL and NRL, they've had uh, almost single-digit growth year on year, and I think that, that uh, they're struggling a little bit to retain some of their audience, where we've seen a significant increase in, on both subscription and, uh, and free-to-air television. I think it's uh, 7% um, per, for, for, for year-to-date prior to this event. So that, that really, really bodes well for us. And, you know, we need to ensure that our product continues to be accessible. I mean, Fox, Fox Sports deliver a world-class product with, with supercast television. Um, we just need to ensure that with whatever we do next, we have the maximum reach um, and, and the most accessible product we can possibly have. Because if, if people, can, people can find us, they're likely to tune in and watch. We need to ensure we've got, a, we've got an entertaining, viable product on the racetrack. We need to ensure we've got every garage in this pit lane filled, filled with cars. We need to ensure that there's plenty of on-track action because on-track action gets eyeballs. But, but it's all about ensuring that we bring the product to the people and that we've got a really strong and solid product. And There's more work to be done there, but I think things are heading in the right direction. Ryan, have a great Christmas. Hopefully, considering there's aero tests in the, end of in the beginning of December, you get to have some sort of break. Well, you know, our motto is effort equals results and uh, we'll, we'll keep pressing ahead because there's still this, this year uh, the racing side of things may be done, but uh, for us it's not over yet. Now you uh, sat down and had an interesting around the table with a couple of young men. Jordan Mulek from Touring Car Times, the website, 
and Lachlan Mansell, who was checking flag media with various roles in commentary and PR around both competitors and series. So uh, that was an interesting uh, discussion, I understand. Yes, indeed, Tony. And it's coming up after the break here on Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Macaulay Jones I'm from the Cool Drive Race team and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Well at the end of another year it is time to dissect it and joining me today is Lachlan Mansell and Jordan Mulak. What a year 2019 has been. Your thoughts Jordan? Oh absolutely for DJR, Team Penske and especially for Scott McLaughlin I mean 18 wins in the season to pretty much bring it home with two did not starts as well we remember the Albert Park incident as well as the one on the Gold Coast so to wrap it up before we even got to Newcastle was pretty big for them I mean yeah the year will always it's been talked about whether it'll be the year of the asterisk um, I would more apply that to, to what's happened with all the parity changes rather than the problems from the outset but no still quite an amazing season in the history of supercars with that many wins from that one driver I don't think anyone's going to top that for a long time. Well, it took a long time for it to be uh, Craig Lowndes' record to be broken. And Lockie, what about your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, Scott McLaughlin's performance was undoubtedly very impressive. There's no doubt that he's right at the top of his game at the moment, as Jordan alluded to, the way that he clinched the title with one event to go. Probably should have been two events to go had it not been for what happened on the Gold Coast. But, um, yeah, the year will be remembered for a lot of the off-track storylines and particularly the controversy surrounding Bathurst. And, in a lot of respects, it's a shame that Scott McLaughlin's championship victory and Bathurst victory are going to be, in the minds of many people, tarnished by some of those off-track controversies. If you concentrate on the year, if is it a year of mistakes by the governing body more so than mistakes by people in team land um that's a controversial question and opens a can of worms i don't think there's any doubt that the parity situation could have been handled a lot better from the start of the year the fact that we had multiple of parity adjustments happening right throughout the season wasn't the best look for the sport um the controversy surrounding Bathurst uh, that really thrust the category into the spotlight not particularly in a good way, I don't think, but in some respects the officials and the governing body being CAMs can only enforce the regulations as they're written and I think they did that. So, you know, loopholes in the regulations are there for the teams to push the boundaries and um, it's up to the regulators now moving into 2020 and beyond to make sure that some of those loopholes are closed and some of the penalties that can be handed down are maybe toughened up so that we don't get those sorts of situations in the future. Now as we're speaking, Chas Mossett's been strapped to a uh, strapped to a pallet lift and uh, a, a trolley I should say and he's been deposited down at Walkinshaw or Andretti <laughs> United which is the worst kept secret in the sport, Jordan. 
I certainly think so. And after today's performance, nearly taking out Cam Waters, which just about erupted this uh, this media centre into a fit of laughter, uh, that would have been quite funny if it had happened again. But yeah, it looks like that we have got Chaz confirmed at Walkinshaw and Jerry United. As you said, it was one of the worst kept secrets, worse than Charles and Diana's affair and everything like that. So um, yeah, that's that's about time but it's probably not the time and place to do it I mean they're, they're doing it when all the all the heat's off which is certainly interesting but um normally that gets done out away from the cameras and uh, and the driver gets put down there it's it is a bit of a rite of passage for certain teams to do that to uh, their departing driver well usually you do it well before this round as well and that's been the hush hush kind of weird thing about it the fact that it has taken them so long to do it I mean coming into today's race you had Mostert's helmet signed by all the team members from Tickford saying you know we'll miss you and it's like well why will you miss him guys you haven't actually announced that he's leaving yet but no it's um, it's it's a shame that Chaz is leaving Tickford after those amazing years there I mean 15 he could have challenged for the championship had it not been for his horrific crash at Bathurst who could forget the Bathurst 2014 win, arguably one of the greatest races we have ever seen. So it'll be a really shame, uh, big shame for all the Blue Oval fans to see him go over to the Generals company. But, you know, for Walkinshaw, he might be the breath of fresh air that they need at the moment. Lockie, one of the other big stories at the end of the year is the end of the Nissan Ultima. We're back to Ford versus Holden. That's one of the big stories. Actually, we're saying farewell to a few different um, not just cars, but personalities, aren't we? We say goodbye to Gary Rogers, who's been a very long-serving um, character within the sport, someone who's been responsible for bringing a lot of young talent up through the ranks. We say goodbye to not just Nissan, but also to Simona de Silvestro, who's headed back overseas. Um, a bit of a shame to lose her. I think that she's inspired a lot of young females to get involved in motorsport here in Australia. But uh, she's obviously got the Porsche Formula E deal and couldn't find a full-time seat in supercars for 2020 and beyond. But um, it's just coming back to your original question about Nissan, you know, I suppose the question that a lot of people have to ask now was car of the future really all of that successful in achieving what it was supposed to achieve because the main objectives of car of the future were to bring in new manufacturers and yes we had new manufacturers for a while but they're gone now and the other objective was to reduce costs in the sport which you would have to say it hasn't really achieved that at all so um, interesting times moving forward we know that there's going to be further regulation changes to the sport within the next couple of years and they are going to be absolutely critical not so much in necessarily encouraging more manufacturers back into the sport but definitely in reducing the costs that is of absolutely paramount importance for the sustainability of this sport are we going to be in a holding pattern we've got a parity test starting later this week and they're going to tweak the Ford and Holden. But are we in a holding pattern now, really, until the start of the Gen 3 era? I think so. Uh, it's one of those weird kind of interim phases, just like F1's kind of going through at the moment, where we know when the big rule change is going to come through. So for F1, that's 2021, where they're going to mainly ground effects. Um, here, yeah, it's it's whenever Gen 3 comes through. But yeah, at the moment, they're just trying to... I guess tweak the formula to make sure we hold through until that time because if you think about it, with the current climate that we've got in Australian motorsport, especially with Shannon's Nationals and that kind of roster really building up at the moment and supercars support bill falling by the wayside as well as many fans being turned off by the sport, 
yeah, they've got to do a lot to keep the fans on side, keep people interested, keep the sport relevant, which is another thing, because Holden versus Ford really isn't anymore. Um, one of my favourite quotes was from John Smales, which is, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you had people turning up to Bathurst on the Sunday in their Holdens and Fords and cheering on those sides. Now they do it, and they're turning up in their BMWs, Mercedes, in my case, Audi. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost like a football club. You've never played for it. You might never have a family on the board or anything like that, but you will still support it through and through, despite it being, I guess, totally irrelevant to what you're actually doing every day. It's going to be the end of the television deal next year too. So there's going to be, if we thought there was a lot of turmoil and, and, uh, and a lot of um, off-track stories, what happens with this TV deal is really going to set up the next period of supercars. So once again, holding pattern. We know what we've got now. My personal opinion is it's been very successful, although it has had its problems, but it was very successful for one reason. Five years ago, they needed to ensure that they have revenue. Next time around, they're in a slightly better position. The teams are slightly better positioned than they were five years ago in some respects. It was interesting to read the comments from Tony Cochran on the TV situation, actually. He came out and made some quite forthright remarks about what he believes needs to happen with the next TV deal. But basically, there's going to be two objectives. Number one, to try and increase the direct revenue that comes from the TV deal, which can then be distributed to the teams. But the other thing, and this is the point that Cochran touched on, is getting the sport in front of more eyeballs for free. Um, so that spectators don't have to pay for it because that's how you're going to draw in um, not so much direct revenue from the TV income directly from the TV deal but create the opportunity to derive more income from sponsors that way. So it is absolutely critical. I mean, you look at the current landscape with the teams that are on the grid, the fact that we're losing a team in Gary Rogers Motorsport, question marks over the Sydney team that might come along. We still don't know 100% what's happening with that. Um, ultimately, the, the car count is going to be either the outright lowest or the equal lowest that we've had on the grid in um, quite some time in terms of the Australian Touring Car Championship. So I think you know creating an environment where and teams can function sustainably as legitimate business entities, the TV deal is going to be absolutely critical in uh, determining which way that goes. Well, Jordan, what can we celebrate out of 2018? Well, 2019 actually, Craig, remember? Uh, let me do uh, that again. <laughs> Jordan, what can we celebrate out of 2019? I think we can certainly celebrate Scott McLaughlin's achievements. Um, yeah, as I said before, despite everything else that's happened this season, you know, with the P word and the T word being raised a lot, um, this has been a season absolutely dominated by him. At the start of the year, you had five other drivers running Mustangs. No one could touch him. Mostert only got one win because, uh, well, his teammate took McLaughlin out on the formation lap down at Albert Park, and then uh, Fabian Coulthard got a couple wins around uh, Phillip Island, which was surprising. But no, I, um, I, I certainly, certainly reckon that, yeah, we should celebrate McLaughlin. We should also celebrate 
Ford, um, DGR, Team Penske, just the whole homologation process of the Mustang, because arguably they got it right straight off the bat. Uh, Holden and Nissan did sign off on the Mustang that took to Adelaide and then wanted changes when they realised that it was a bit of a gun. Um, and yeah, I think we should also celebrate the camaraderie that we've seen in the paddock, maybe not in recent days with a lot of the stuff that's gone on, but certainly with Shane Van Gisbergen. He's really come out of his shell this year and he's really shown himself uh, to be quite a great sportsman. And it's not something that we've seen in the past couple of years, but the fact that this year he's had a lot more opportunity to, I guess, almost been backed into a corner in the position that he's been in. He's probably been a bit more self-reflective. Um, he's always been a shy character, always a bit misunderstood. So certainly the fact that he's now more in the public space and arguably Triple Eight are now the heroes, whereas DJR are being seen as the villains for you know all the Bathurst controversy, which does leave a bit of a bad taste in people's mouths. But yeah, there's certainly a lot to celebrate. Um, as well, he said, losing GRM is a really, really big shame for the sport. What Gary's done over the years has been amazing. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll see them back at the same time they've got so much on their plate with TCR Australia, S5000 all that kind of stuff, so yeah 2019's been a really big year for supercars but I mean, my 2020 vision is that DJL will probably roll out again and uh, grab another championship before McLaughlin heads off to the US and dominates over there Alright, well you've just spoiled the next question but Lockie, how do you sum up 2019? So, in addition to everything that Jordan just said, I think that the motorsport climate here in Australia at the moment, it's probably as tough as it's ever been to forge a career as a professional racing car driver. Just the funding that's required to get into a position where you can springboard yourself into a professional racing role here in Australia. The opportunities are more limited than they've been for quite some time, but I'm going to reflect positively on the fact that even despite that, we do still have some very, very talented young guns who are making their presence felt both in the main game, drivers like Anton De Pasquale and Todd Hazelwood who are improving all the time, but also, you know, the next crop who are making their presence felt in categories like Porsche Carrera Cup and the Super 2 Series drivers like Bryce Fullwood who had an outstanding season this year, Will Brown, um, Jordan Love in the Carrera Cup as well. I think that, you know, with people, the older generation of drivers in main game, people like James Courtney and Rick Kelly not going to have too many seasons left in Winterbottom and Win Cup you know, again, probably lifespan closer to the end of their careers than the start, but it's good to see that we've got the next crop of young guns ready to fill in and take their place. Sorry, I just wanted to say on that, someone that I forgot to mention before was Andre Heimgartner, and he's absolutely punched above his weight in that Nissan this year. He pretty much has dragged that up into results that it really didn't deserve. Him and Bryce Forward, the fact that they had so many um, kind of non-results over the Enduro Cup when they really should have deserved it was an amazing thing. Also, yeah, Forward winning the Super 2 Championship in the Matt White Motorsport Nissan Altima. Um, I reckon that with Heimgartner, if that bloke was in a Mustang this year, top five, easy he would have been top five in the championship. Well, that's maybe your crystal ball for 2020. But since you've done that already, I'll give Lockie the chance to check. Do you have the uh, as clear a crystal ball as Jordan? No, I actually think we might see a few twists and turns in 2020. And the reason I say that is because some of the negative sentiment around McLaughlin and also the speculation, the fact that he's probably going to head to the US in 2021, so next year might be his last season in supercars. I see echoes of the final year of Marcus Ambrose's tenure in supercars where 
He was still performing very well on the track, but there were a whole lot of off-track distractions that got in his head. And in the end, Ambrose didn't win the championship in 2005, which was his final year in supercars. So I just get the feeling we might be set for a similar sort of plot in next year's season where it's not quite as straightforward as what we might all expect. <laughs> if he's able to do an angle, then uh, Coulthard will be very happy in that case, I reckon. Well, guys, I hope you have great Christmas, New Year, and look forward to catching up with you throughout 2020. Lachlan? Awesome. Thanks for having me, Craig. Jordan Muller. Thanks, Craig, and yeah, really looking forward to the Bathurst 12-hour, which will be kicking off the sporting season next year. Not looking forward to that 3 or 4am alarm on that uh, February the 2nd, but no, that's always a great event to start the year. We'll take a break and be back with more just after this. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as the cars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian time since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Join in the conversation, post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Welcome to Inside Supercars, this is Ryan Story from DJR Team Penske. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Well Bryce Forward, congratulations. It's been a, uh, a long battle, but... It's here in your hands, the championship trophy for Dunlop Super 2. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's never an easy road and I don't think there's a correct path but uh, to, to get it done. But, you know, it's, it's been a very tough road for me personally and, and for myself and my family and the team around me. But, uh, you know, absolutely stoked to finally get it done. What does it mean for where you come from, up in the Northern Territory? Um, it's pretty big. You know, I think we have, a, you know, it's a little bit harder from home for us, I guess. Um, you know, all through go-karting we've had, you know, probably another hurdle to jump than most, but, um, you know, I think um, we've we've always felt like I'm capable of doing it, and you know I guess this trophy in my hands means you know maybe I am. So, look really really stoked and really keen to get it done, and I'm just so happy that you know I've had all the support, so grateful for all the support I've had over the years to help me get me here. And obviously having the opportunity to get up into the into the series in the main series over the enduros, that just gives you that desire to make sure you make that next step as soon as possible. I think it's a good way to see where you're at personally against you know good drivers. I mean, obviously, me being against Andre, he's a very good steerer and he drives that car every second weekend. So, for me, only having seven race meetings a year and only two, you know, only a few test days and and not as many new tyres and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's quite a hard thing to to try and do. I mean, you know, they get you know three times the sets of tyres we get. Um, so it's very hard to try and capitalise on all that stuff. But you know, I was quite happy with my performance against Andre and um, yeah. So I guess we'll. We'll wait and see. Earlier in the year, you told me when you uh, went back home last year, you got out in the paddock basher and you were just hammering around. Is that the plan for this summer, uh, this Christmas as well? Yeah, exactly right. I've um, I've got a, a car that I'm restoring personally, and um, so I'm going to go back up to Darwin and head down, bum up on that. Obviously, it's pretty busy throughout the year and don't really get to have much of your own time to yourself, I guess. So uh, yeah, I'll be pretty keen to get back up home, sleep in my own bed, and hang out with my mates. It sounds like with announcements coming up soon, it's going to be hard to get to sleep because you'll be uh, wanting to get in and do whatever you're doing in 2020. Yeah, I mean, obviously still very uncertain what's going on there, so I'll be quite keen to try and get some of that stuff locked away, you know, hopefully soon so that, um, you know, we can enjoy our Christmas and know what our future is and know if we have a future, I guess. Congratulations once again, the Super 2 champion. No worries, thank you. Tyler Effingham, a interesting first year for you. How would you sum it up? Pretty much a roller coaster. Didn't really start off that strong. Um, 
Like we learned a new car, new tracks. Um, it's pretty difficult, but now that I'm feeling comfortable with the car, we're, we uh, seem to be adapting pretty well and getting good results. You've had some you know, pole positions and some podiums as well. Where, do you, um, where did you set your goal and have you exceeded what you originally set out when you first made the step? Um, well, for the start of the year, I was sort of hoping for top tens and, and possibly move up to top five finishes, but to, to get a race win and, um, and start at the front row at Bathurst is pretty cool. So I think I'm fifth in the championship at the moment. So if someone told me I'd be there at the start of the year, I'd pretty much have to tell them I would be lying. But um, yeah, really happy with the result. Uh, the team is uh, mostly responsible for that. Like the car's been great all year. Um, yeah, we're just uh, progressing really nicely. Now, I remember seeing you for years running go-karts around New South Wales. Yeah. How did you get through the next steps? Because that wasn't all that long ago when you no. were racing go-karts. No. Um, yeah, we jumped up to uh, Formula 4 when it first came around. Um, that was a really good stepping stone for me. Um, ran around that for two years, and then um, last year we were up in Super 3s, and now we're in Super 2s, so, yeah. Big difference between each step, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, massive difference. Um each category has its own little little way of running it or um, tyres, like going from an open wheeler to a, a V8 supercar is a, a big massive step. So, What have you learnt on each step that has helped you approach the next one? Probably more just take my time, uh, just ease into it. Like um, Track time really helps but Super 2 is pretty limited for track time. Um, but yeah, just take like a, a methodical approach and um, take the steps that you need to, to to get to where you want to. Yeah. What do you? What's your end game? Where do you want to be in your motor racing career? Because you're still a very young man. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty hard question. Like I don't don't really mind to be honest. Um, I'll just go wherever motorsport takes me. Um, just I'd like to sort of reach some sort of a main game or pinnacle of motorsport, either in Australia or overseas. I just something like that, yeah. Have you got a 2020 plan already in place? Not at the moment, no. Um, hoping to run around and get in the Super 2s, but um, that's uh, cost providing and, and we'll, we'll see how we can get that together. What, what has been the biggest thing you've learnt this year about these cars? Competition, like everyone's so close. Um, where the whole field's been in most of the time nine tenths within each other. Like a uh, tenth will put you up four to five spots in qualifying, so it's a, a really intense. You're driving on the limit everywhere, so they're just trying to keep that sort of pace, and, and especially through the races, like the longer races now, um, and trying to keep concentration the whole times. They've been a, a big change and something that I've had to adapt to. What about, as you said, you're not in the car that often in Super Twos. So what do you, what have you been doing in between to keep yourself sharp and fit? Um, yeah, just training, uh, a bit of cycling, running, um, trying to keep my strength up in the gym. Um, yeah, just trying to keep on top of it. Any other racing dalliances? Um, I haven't been doing much racing this year. Um, last weekend I was uh, up at Tainland Bend in the production car, so that was uh, something to keep me sharp. Um, yeah, so hopefully help for this weekend. Well, it's been a great first season. Congratulations, Tyler. Thank you. Craig, final thoughts for the 2019 post-event edition. Mine is, I cannot remember, Tony, a messier year, particularly in the back half. What has been interesting, though, is it's generated a lot of interest. 
and that has possibly been good for the sport, if you can believe it. Maybe when you get a bit too close to it, you think the world's, you know, you, you get a bit henny-penny, you think the sky's falling, when in actual fact it just means you're cutting through the other uh, sports and getting some coverage. Interesting you raise that. The whole social media thing is, is obviously something still evolving in the bigger world. Um, I was uh, fascinated and quite delighted to hear some comments that Sasha Baron-Cohen made about Facebook, Google, Instagram and various other social media in that uh, these uh, various websites, they have to take responsibility that they're not just notice boards. They are, in fact, publishers. And they say, oh, no, we're not. We're just, you know. Um, and that people have to take responsibility for things they say. You cannot just throw the stuff out there. As a fifth-generation journalist, I know that uh, uh, my forebears took responsibility for the things they said. And as the uh, journalist who did have his past taken for things I wrote that were perfectly uh, well, well, not welcomed by the people who ran supercars or Avesco as it was then, I know that I did nothing wrong, and uh, I'm very pleased to hear that maybe there will be a very positive come out from this in that uh, team managers, team owners, drivers, crews will all take responsibility for the things they say and think far more about what they do say. So my, my thing would be looking forward, great optimism that there'll be real benefits to come from this for 2020 and beyond. I might just throw in a plug there that we did do a show in August last year called Unsocial Media. It'd be worthwhile for people to go back maybe, Craig, at this point to show 193, Unsocial Media, and looking at this very question of the impact of what people say uh, on both the people who are involved and the uh, people on the sidelines. It's an unfortunate thing and uh, one that we can hope will only improve. Well, that really sums up another event, post-event edition. Um, we've got some uh, special things coming up in the near future, one of which we're reprising the, some things we did last year and we're talking to some fathers of. And we've got Gil Slade, Sam T. Pasquale, Wayne McLaughlin, Richard Davison, giving us their views on being the fathers of young champion drivers. So that's a terrific thing. Next week, we'll be having a team owner's view, which will be a terrific one as well. And that will be getting ready for some big uh, interviews we've got with people who have been around the sport for a long time, luminaries around the business, such as Murray Lomax, who was, of course, one of the foundation members of Supercars TV, Keys Wheel, the owner and innovator, and the man who is at the centre of the whole PWR radiator business. Certainly fascinating chat. And they're all things, including... Craig Haystead and others on the inside of Inside Supercars. So that's all from me. And it's good night from him. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.